Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Third down and two. There's the snap. Fake to Judkins. Pass over the middle. Pre-scored is all by himself. Catches it at the five. Takes it to the house. Touchdown, Ole Miss. Presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss Podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss Sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at Brad.logan at Loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at Brad Logan C-O-T-E. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault, to the pavilion, to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. Hey, welcome in to the Believe It Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Today's show, we'll hear from Ole Miss, former Ole Miss All-SEC tight end, Chris Mangum. He joins the show today, and we appreciate Chris being part of the program. He joined us prior to the Georgia game, and we received a ton of feedback, and everyone really enjoyed his commentary. So I uh, look forward to hearing from Chris here in just a moment. The Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl representatives were in town on Monday, and we heard from Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin. We heard from Keith Carter, and we heard from Gary Stoken. Gary, of course, is the CEO of the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. You can hear that entire interview we had with Gary However you're listening today, just scroll down. You'll see that interview with CEO Gary Stoken. Here's Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin talking about the upcoming Peach Bowl against Penn State. Thanks, Gary. Keith, uh, this is an awesome opportunity. Our players, I mean, we kind of did this where I talked to you guys the day of when we found out about the bowl. But now to be around our players and um, to have some practices now that we know we're playing in this, um, a feel for the locker room. Our guys are so excited to be in this big of a bowl against such a, a historic team to play in Penn State and such a great city in Atlanta, um, which a number of our kids are, are from. Um, and I know the parents, too, uh, talking to them, uh, are really excited to get there. So this will be a tremendous uh, matchup for us against a great coach, a great team of a lot of really good players and I don't know the stats exact, but I saw something the other day. How many times Coach Franklin's won 10, 11 games just in the last, you know, eight years or something like that. So uh, they've been doing this for a while and are at a level where we want to get to. So this will be a great opportunity for us. That in the initial press conference that you didn't know much about Penn State, obviously. Um, just how much have you learned over the past couple of weeks? Yeah, again, it's been a challenge with um, our own practice, preparing for the game, and then the recruiting schedule. Um, that it's is what it is. So, um, you know, I'm a little more familiar. We're still not all the way into game planning with our players yet because we're so far out from the game. Um, but as we knew right away, a great defense led by you know their front and. Um, now learning more, watching you know a really balanced offense that can really run the ball. Quarterback really takes care of the ball, like Gary mentioned. Both teams have done a really good job turnover-wise. So um, 
you know, this will probably be one of those games you got to play really well in all areas to go down to the wire and make some plays at the end. And that was Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin. Now let's hear from Director of Athletics Keith Carter after accepting the Peach Bowl invitation from Gary Stoken. Yeah, thank you, Gary. Um, obviously, we are very excited to be going to Atlanta to, to play in the Peach Bowl. Um, obviously, a very historic bowl and, and a lot of tradition there. Uh, a great matchup, as you mentioned. Um, and for us, you know, maybe no better city to go to than Atlanta for our fan base. And um, we feel like we're going to uh, ascend on Atlanta and, and take over Atlanta. So we're really excited about that and certainly uh, want to come down and, and put on a great showing uh, for, for Ole Miss and, and Rebel Nation. So thank you very much. And that was Keith Carter accepting that invitation. And it should be a fun one. 10 and 2, Penn State. Um, a storied football program and an opportunity to see a, a really good football team. Look, you know, ten, Penn State 10-2, to only lost two conference games. That's, of course, to Michigan and Ohio State. That's that's pretty good company. So expect a huge Ole Miss crowd. Uh, Gary told us that the Peach Bowl is aligning 13,000 tickets per team. I expect Ole Miss is probably either sold out or near selling out of their allotment, but there are going to be a ton of tickets that will be sold on a secondary market. And I expect uh, in excess of 40,000 Ole Miss fans to ascend on Atlanta, Georgia. We'll have a representative from the Ole Miss Alumni Association to get everybody up to date about what's going on, parties and all that stuff. Uh, one thing we do know is that there will be a huge pep rally for both teams. That will happen Friday night, the 29th. I think it's at 6 p.m. Eastern, and that's going to happen at the Aquarium. Ole Miss band will be there. It will be a huge, huge party. There in Atlanta, of course, leading up, there are tons of events uh, going on in Atlanta, and we'll get you more information on our social channels and also here on the podcast as the game leads up. The game in and of itself kicking off at 11 o'clock Central, 12 o'clock Eastern, and it's going to be an early kick, but it's going to be fun. I mean, I I think the parade is going to start at 8 o'clock. It's going to go until 9.30, and uh, that's going to happen outside the stadium. There's going to be just wall-to-wall games, and, and everything's going to happen there on the South Lawn. The, I'm sorry, the North Lawn at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That's actually, I think, pretty close to the side of where the old Georgia Dome sat. So it's going to be it's going to be fun. You know, I had a chance, and I know a lot of you guys had a chance to go to the kickoff classic a couple of years ago when Ole Miss played Louisville, and the setup is awesome for a ball game. So if you're kind of on the fence about going, go ahead and go. You're going to have a blast. And by the way, before you do, go over to the College Corner. It's right off of Sisk Avenue and get a red polo and a red quarter zip and get you ready for game day. The College Corner Store, a proud sponsor here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. Awful, uh, also thankful for our sponsor, Debbie Johnson. She's our real estate agent. She can be yours today. She's been with us the entire time. Give her a call today, 662-689-0090. Debbie can take care of all of your real estate needs throughout the entire state of Mississippi. Also grateful for our sponsorship with the Rogue down in Jackson. And, of course, Bet Online. Bet Online where the game starts. Use that promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus. It's bowl season. And so now's the time. If you like betting, use Bet Online. That's betonline.ag. We're going to get to Chris Mangum here in just a moment. Before we do, I just want to say thank you. Uh, my, my friend Brian Haydad. That covers Mississippi State. He's, of course, on Sports Talk. But he has a podcast with, with Robbie Falk, and, and they do a wonderful job. It's called Thunder and Lightning. And one thing, I listened to the show prior to the Egg Bowl, just kind of get some uh, insight on Mississippi State because I knew they do a great job. And one thing Brian said is, uh, you know, I want to thank all of our servicemen and women out there. 
And, uh, you know, I've never done that on this show, and, and I felt kind of bad. So let me tell you right now, so many servicemen and women are overseas. Uh, we've got so many things going on with our military. I just want to say this, and, and, and we, we have listeners all across the, the country, by the way. But if you're a servicemen and women and, you know, if you're from the United States and you're serving overseas, I, I just want to say thank you. It, um, it's, it's the ultimate act of service is serving your country. And uh, I want to thank Brian for, uh, for doing that because that allowed me to think about, especially coming up during the holiday season, not only are you serving your country, you're doing so away from your family. And I can imagine how difficult it is to be serving outside the country and uh, you can't be home for Christmas. So I just want to say thank you. From, from my family to yours, uh, thank you for serving uh, our country. And I want to say that uh, we'll be thinking about the folks that uh, uh, lost lost family members that were serving our country. And just to let everybody know that it's wonderful to live in the, the great uh, United States of America. And to our servicemen and women, thank you. Chris Mangum coming up here in just a moment. We'll recap the season. You're really going to enjoy this conversation I have with Chris. He's I'm telling you, I, I received more feedback on Chris coming on than I have anybody in regards to a guest. He, he's, he's just great. And he I think more than anything, is he's, he's a fan, but he's also a former player, so he sees the game much differently than we all do. So uh, a great conversation with Chris. Thanks again for making uh, this one of your listens, no matter how you listen, uh, however your, your, your listening availability is, whether it be YouTube, a podcast platform, a stream, however. We're grateful. And, uh, you know, we've really grown, and um, it's because of you. And we're grateful that you've made this uh, just a few minutes out of your day to listen to the podcast. Here's Chris. Thank you very much once again for listening. Right here on the Believe It Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Just head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Use our promo code BLEAV50, B-L-E-A-V-50, and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. But online, where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Realtor Debbie Aldison Johnson. If you're looking for a spot in the Oxford area or, quite frankly, anywhere in Mississippi, that is your go-to. Remember, real estate industry since 2003, looking for that special ag property, maybe a recreational property, maybe a commercial real estate property, or a new home. Uh, Debbie does a great job and can be your real estate agent today. Just contact her directly at 662-234-5555. Of course, that's a member of the Kessinger Real Estate family, Kessinger. 
MessengerRealEstate.com, and Debbie has been with them for quite a few years. If you need to get her directly, just dial her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Remember, your go-to for real estate, whether it be commercial, farm, or maybe you need that home. Maybe you need that second home in Oxford. If you're looking maybe to relocate Oxford, part of the real estate family, the Kessinger Real Estate family, Debbie Johnson, your realtor, 662-234-5555, or call her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Debbie Johnson, a proud sponsor here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, T-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. If you're looking for the perfect game day outfit for the Grove, look no further than the Rogue in Jackson. Live in Oxford? No problem. Go to therogue.com and shop the collegiate section, and there you'll find Horn legend Peter Millar, the best selection of Rebel game day clothing, celebrating 56 years of business and a sponsor of the Grove Collective. When you're in Jackson, go by the Rogue, 4450 I-55 North in the capital city, an extensive collection of sports coats, suits, Shirts from brands like Peter Millar, Tom Beckby, Brax, Jack Victor, Mark Digman, and others. And when you stop by the store in Jackson, and that's where you'll see the best selection of Rebel Game Day clothing. That's the Rogue, 4450 I-55 North in Jackson. Go by and tell them that you heard about it on the Believe It On Miss podcast. Hi, this is Brad Logan. The Grove Collective's mission is to support, elevate, and protect the well-being of all our student-athletes through a wide range of NIL opportunities and initiatives at Ole Miss. The Collective was established to deliver a best-in-class NIL experience that is worthy of the student-athletes who give their all for Ole Miss. This consolidated and sustainable model provides premium access and experiences between our members, corporate partners, and our athletes. To support all Ole Miss athletes and their NIL platforms, visit thegrovecollective.com. That's the grovecollective.com. Join our team, become a member today. Welcome back to Believe It on Miss Podcast right here on the Believe Network. Joined now by Chris Mangum, former All-SEC tight end at Ole Miss and, of course, played for the NFL's Carolina Panthers. Joins us. Chris, you had a great conversation prior to the Georgia game. Didn't quite go like we wanted it to, but Ole Miss would end up 2-0 and over the remainder of the year after two wins over Monroe at Mississippi State. And it's good to talk to you at the end of the year. The Rebels go 10-2. Yeah, it was a great, great year, and great, great to have me back. I, I really appreciate you having me. So, it was a great year, like you said, ten and two. I think um, at the beginning of the season, there's a lot of people that would have signed up for that. I know there was two games. Obviously, you lose to two top, you know, top ten schools or top five teams in America this year. Um, those games didn't go like we thought. You know, we really we were in the Alabama game. It wasn't our best game we played all year, and then Georgia just kind of snowballed on us there. Um, but again, ten and ten and two is a really good year. Yeah, I want to kind of go back to the beginning of the year, and and I think you made mention this a moment ago. Looking back uh, over the summer, when 
Ole Miss knew that Judkins was coming back, and 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 you felt pretty good about transfer receiver Trey Harris. You had a really good recruiting class coming in, uh, anchored by Aiden Williams at wide receiver out of Ridgeland High School, and so everybody going in the over under I think was eight and four. I think the win total maybe seven and a half to eight, and I think I actually picked Ole Miss to go eight and four. I didn't know they could could win at Auburn, and then. Uh, the game at home against LSU I thought would be difficult to win. And then, of course, Alabama and Georgia, you made mention of that a moment ago. They they opened the season against Mercer 73-7. to And then, Chris, everyone kind of thought the season would hinge on the trip down to New Orleans. And, and my whole thought process was, if you can't beat Tulane, then who in the SEC are you going to beat? Now, we would learn that Tulane would be really good. But Ole Miss would go down to Tulane – after a really lackluster effort in the first half and win that game 37-20, to 20, what do you remember about that game? And did you kind of subscribe to what I was thinking about the thought process is if you're going to have a special season, you have to win at Tulane? No, I, I definitely agree with that. And then, like you said, you started with Mercer. You put 73 points on the board, and offense looked really good. Then you opened the, I mean, opened the game at Tulane, go right down the field, and, uh, you know, Trey Harris catches a touchdown, then he gets injured. And then all of a sudden it looked like our offense just kind of lost their identity, so to speak, with him out of the lineup. And then we kind of struggled that game. I mean, their defensive line was uh, better than I anticipated watching them play against us. But, uh, we, you know, that's, I guess the character or the culture that, you know, Lane and his staff are building – you know, good teams find a way to win, even when you're not playing your best. And um, they were able to kind of hang in there early. And then at the end of the game, I think talent probably took over. And our defense really made some plays, plays late to, set, you know, to give us a little, give a cushion at the end and get a, a really good win. Almost a swan song for Michael Trigg. You know, Chris, he made that big play in the end zone, the tight end with we all had huge hopes for, had a great spring and came in and just, it just didn't work out. But he had a big play late in that game, and, and Lane and, and Charlie called a great play and, and, and extended that lead and would eventually have Ole Miss win that football game. You know, Chris, remember Lane even said in the postgame press conference that, boy, we just came out, we just played really flat. And I think what, that learned, what, what I learned at that point was Ole Miss won when it didn't even play that well, and I thought maybe this season could be special. I agree. I, and good, like I said, good teams find a way to win. It wasn't the best performance they put out on the field, obviously. But, you know, I do think injuries played a role in that. I mean, I think um, when you lose a weapon like Trey Harris, um, then all of a sudden you kind of go into, all right, it just takes a little bit of time to find your groove, so to speak. And I think that's kind of what happened you know, early in that game. It was almost the emergence of, of Dayton Wade that day. If you'll remember, he kind of kind of made a big step forward. And then Jordan Watkins, uh, they, they got the lion's share of the catches when, uh, when Trey Harris went down with that injury. Uh, the next week, we know that Ole Miss, I think, Chris, what was it, 48-3 to or 45-3, to Ole Miss beats Georgia Tech last year in, in Atlanta. They fired Jeff Collins, and they hired Brent Key. And I knew coming in that Brent Key was going to have an enthusiasm – he was going to have the guys ready to play. And this game was kind of nip and tuck early, but Ole Miss would extend the lead and eventually win 48-23. to But that score is not really indicative of how well Georgia Tech played Ole Miss. And the Rebels still just had not put everything together yet. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think early in the uh, – their quarterback – 
Like I think they had a transfer portal guy come in. Um, you know, Chris Winkie's their quarterback coach. I played with Chris in Carolina, good friend and really a good coach. And I knew coming into the game, they they were pretty excited about coming to Oxford. They thought they had a pretty good team. And I think that played out over the year. They, they had some good wins this year, yeah. and they were a tough out. So um, there was definitely a good win for Ole Miss early uh, in the year. Yeah, an ACC win, a non-conference win, and everyone kind of circled the game at Alabama. And, you know, I think – you know, Alabama at that point, um, you know, now we're, we're we they're in the they're in the playoff, so we know that even though they struggled a little bit, uh, they they would make the playoff, and Ole Miss would lose the game twenty four to ten. And I, I don't know, Chris, I don't know that they were really in the game uh, very much. I think it's a combination of Alabama it w- was as good as we thought they were, and Ole Miss just frankly, Chris, they didn't play very well that day. No, I agree. We did not play great. It was not our uh, our best game, and that happens. And typically when you play good teams, I mean, they can expose some weaknesses that that a team has. And, look, I just – not that we caught them at a bad time. They were kind of struggling early in the year at quarterback position. They made a change, and it kind of reset their team when he came back. And, you know, they kind of changed their identity on offense, I thought. Uh, he ran the ball a lot more, took some shots down the field. And, look, you can tip your hat to them. Like you said, they're in the Final Four. They're a playoff team. I mean, um, and then losing that game, boy, it put all the pressure. It was almost a must win in Oxford the next week with LSU coming to town. And it was a win in which, you know, depending on what happens in the Peach Bowl in a couple of weeks against Penn State, the game of the year. Uh, LSU comes in, Jane Daniels. We knew he was good, Chris. I don't think we knew he was that good. And he would eventually win the Heisman Trophy. And he played like it that day in Oxford. Rebels win 55-49, to and it was an absolute dogfight. It was. It was what a game to watch. One of the, I mean, top two or three atmospheres ever for me in Oxford. It was just one of those games, like you said, a magical game to watch. I thought our defense was in position to make some of the plays in the passing game, and their receivers, uh, they made some unbelievable catches with some unbelievable throws. And you're right, he's a Heisman Trophy winner for a reason. He, he just had a great year, and boy, he had a great game against us as well. I know you and your family sit kind of near the, the, the Ole Miss tunnel when the team comes out. And, and I want to hit on something just for a moment. Only people like you that play the game at, the, at a high level would, would know the answer to this. But you, you made mention to something, I didn't even ask you. you. You talked about a must win. And when you lose a game against Alabama and, and that gives you the one loss and, and you're doing your best to finish out with one loss, you talk about must win. What did you think when you saw Lane Kiffin, not necessarily Lane, he kind of has the same emotions all the time, but the other coaches, the other staff members, and, and most importantly the players, did you sense anything at all uh, that Saturday when the players came out and, and kind of warmed up and kind of the, the, the aura of the crowd. What were your thoughts before that game, if you remember? Yeah, I mean, you know, must win is a sometimes a, is a term you don't like to use, I guess, in, in athletic, you know, but it's it's true. I mean, I think going into the year, a lot of the fans and, and even in the athletic office thought, hey, if we could split with Alabama and LSU, obviously you want to win both of them, but just walking away with one – you know, we kind of needed that signature win, I think, and that this program needed that. Um, I, I just think that's the expectation that Lane uh, has brought to Ole Miss now. I mean, you see it just with the excitement around the program. Um, hey, when when you have two 10-win seasons in two or three years, I mean, let's, let's be honest, the bar is raised. So uh, I think we needed a win like that against a, a team like LSU. Um, but, yeah, you could definitely, obviously, night game at the vault, they were the players. Just uh, you knew they were going to play well, and you knew it was going to be a good game. Just, just, um, just for the whole setup for it. 
before we knew anything about Arkansas, before we knew anything uh, about Auburn, we knew that Ole Miss was going to have a stretch of at Alabama, home against LSU, home against Arkansas, and then on the road against Auburn. And most Ole Miss fans would tell you, if you get two and two, take it and you know ride right off into the sunset. Ole Miss finished with three and one during that stretch. Now Arkansas came to town; they were down. But my goodness, Arkansas plays Ole Miss tough. I don't care how good either team is. And KJ had a big day that day. Ole Miss wins twenty-seven to twenty. Ulysses Bentley has a big day on the ground. Uh, we would learn that that Quinshawn Jenkins is, is favoring a rib injury, and it was a situation to where I don't think it was a lit down, Chris. But anytime you play a game like against LSU and you win a shootout like they did, there's obviously going to be some form of a letdown. And I think there was a little bit when Arkansas came to town. Yeah, I'm, there's no doubt. I mean, there's an emotional game the week before. And again, Arkansas is just one of those teams. You hate, you know, it's just like, you know, it's going to be a tough game for the game starts. Doesn't matter about records. It doesn't matter where you play. It's just one of those teams that always gives us trouble and just always a really good game. So again, going back to my previous statement, good teams find a way to win. You, you found a way to win at home and hold serve. And it was a really, it was a really good win for Ole Miss. The, uh, the game I had circled simply because of the history with Hugh Freeze. And even though Auburn wasn't that talented, I felt like Hugh would circle this game, and, I, and he did. And it was a buzzsaw of a game. Honestly, it may have been the most hostile environment it, up until that point into the season. Now, I think Georgia was easily the, the, the most difficult place Ole Miss had to play this year, judging by, uh, by what I saw. But with the Auburn game, it, w- it was pretty wild. And Ole Miss kind of held serve. I mean, they, they held the Tigers at bay. They, uh, you know, gave up some big plays. I think there was a lot of emotion involved in that game. But it was one of those things to where you get in, you get the win. It doesn't matter how you get it, and you get out. And they did that 28-21. to 21. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head. This this was a game that Auburn had circled day one when they hired Coach Freeze. Um, there's several staff members that were at Ole Miss that are there. I know John Miller is, is with him. So this was a big game for them. And uh, n- no doubt a great a great victory on the road. Like you said, Auburn's going to get better and better every year. You know, um, you would do a really good job recruiting, but um, always a tough place to play. Again, um, just to, I think at the time it puts, you know, you win, like you said, you go through that stretch and go three and one, that's pretty good. Now, Chris, you're six and one, and you start thinking about, okay, let's kind of put some things together. We play Texas A&M really well, either at home or on the road. We've got Vanderbilt. We should win that game. Then it's on the road to Georgia. I think big game hunting is kind of a, a slogan that I use sometimes. I think that's what the fans and the players and the coaches started thinking. We get past Vandy and Texas A&M. It's setting up against number one Georgia on the road, and all of our chips will be on the table. And uh, that's exactly what happens. Ole Miss beats Vanderbilt 33-7. to They have it. <laughs> they have an absolute war with Texas A&M. And I kind of put the nail in the coffin for Jimbo Fisher – Winning thirty-eight to thirty-five after the field goal, doinks off the the crossbar. What a season it's been! That's just one of the many things that happened. It's been a wild season, and you win those two games, and that sets up against Georgia. Those two wins uh, just kind of, kind of just survived in advance, so to speak, Chris. Oh, absolutely, and it did. It set up a huge game, college game day in Athens, and um, obviously it wasn't our best performance. You know, just again not making any excuses. They were a better football team. They're definitely one of the top four teams in in the country this year. I know it didn't work out for them. They just, their, their loss came at, 
at a at a bad time. They they caught a really good Alabama team uh, peaking late in the season. So um, again, it wasn't our best performance. Um, injuries kind of hit our offensive line right before it was a major shakeup. You know, you can kind of tell there was just some really hard environment. What a night game in Athens! It was it was a tough atmosphere. We did not play up to our standards and. Um, and we took the loss for sure. I think more than anything, and, and Lane Kiffin even said in the post-game press conference, we're not ready for this. Yes. From a personnel standpoint, from an environment standpoint, from a coaching staff, we just weren't ready for this, and it showed, and Georgia was ready. It You know, it wasn't like Georgia was uh, – Ole Miss was going to roll in, and Georgia was like, yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can do. We shouldn't have any trouble. They came to play, and uh, they could have scored 85 points that day. I mean, it yeah. just there's nothing Ole Miss could do. And um, honestly, Chris, I think what we're looking at on the recruiting trail right now with high school recruiting, with transfer portal recruiting, I, I really hum, I really think this. I really think that Lane is thinking back to that Georgia game and thinking, what do I need to do to beat a team like Georgia? And not, I'll be honest, right now, Chris, I think he's doing it. I agree. I totally agree. Hey, and that's I – mean, he made the statement of five-star players. It is. I mean, there's an old saying in football. You know, sometimes it's not X's and O's, it's Jimmy's and Joe's. And, I mean, it is hard to um, to prepare. I mean, just for the depth that they have. I mean, they just continue to, you know, roll out defensive line uh, series after series. And it's just hard to, um, to compete against that. But we're doing a really good job in recruiting, like you said. I mean, I, I look forward every every morning to kind of see if you're posting a, a airplane uh, emoji or something. <laughs> yeah. Social media is definitely. I know a lot of Rebel fans are on social yeah. media every day, keeping up with what's going on, and well, they're doing a really really good job of putting a class together right now. Ole Miss would host uh, Monroe the next week. We w- we would learn that Lane and w- would inadvertently say that, uh, yeah, we didn't game plan for Monroe. We were game planning for Mississippi State the following Thursday. Now, that's not something probably new, but I do think that uh, it was interesting that uh, they probably did not work on ULM until, I'll be honest with you, Chris, um, I mean, you were there. You saw it. It, it, After the first half, it it didn't look real good. I think they game planned for Monroe at halftime uh, because uh, Monroe didn't do anything in the second half, and Ole Miss would win that one 35-3, setting up the Egg Bowl. Yeah, you're right. And that's, you knew that was, I mean, a trap game. You can say whatever you want to say, but after the letdown in Georgia to come back home, you know, and the students are starting to leave. I mean, the crowd wasn't the best it's been all year, just all the way around. But hey, you're at the time, you're a top 15 team with a chance to finish the season 10 and 2 in the Egg Bowl the next week. Um, still a lot to play for. So the Egg Bowl, you've played in it, you've watched a million of them. This was just a weird one. And, and, um, I said a lot of things that Ole Miss, you know, fans, media, what have you, would not say. I think Mississippi State just played really good on defense. I don't think I'm taking anything away from Ole Miss offensively. Do you think Ole Miss – and you and I haven't talked about this. Do you think Ole Miss offensively was a little vanilla, to your in your opinion? Man, I, I, of course. I mean, I just think uh, it was easy to watch the game to see that um, Mississippi State was really struggling on – on offense. So why would you put your, you know, why would you do anything to put yourself? It was really a field possession game for the first half or first three quarters. It seemed like we weren't going to do anything to put a, put our defense in a bad situation. If we punted the ball, made them drive up, drive the length of the field. I think Lane felt really good about where the defense was at that point. So uh, why do anything to, you know, 
to risk a turnover and kind of give them the advantage. So it was uh, definitely close to the vest. I mean, some of that had to do with injuries as well. I mean, we were still kind of – their defensive line played really well. I mean, you got to tip your hat to them. So, but um, to come out of – to go into Starville and get a win, uh, no matter – no matter the records, no matter the year, I mean that is hard to do. So that was it was a great win for us. Yeah, Lane now two, uh, two and one against Mississippi State. The Rebels have won two out of the last three. Over series, it's been kind of nip and tuck since 1991, and so uh, it's a big win, like you said. No matter how you get it, but I think a lot of people are wringing their hands about how Ole Miss did so. Uh, with them, I think having Quinshawn Jenkins play as well as he did down the stretch means a lot, and Ole Miss gets the win. Finishes ten and two in the uh, in the uh, ten and two during the season, and that's of course good enough for six and two in the conference. What did you have on your bingo card, Chris, for uh, what you thought Ole Miss was going to finish this year? You know, I, I'm like you, I, eight and four, nine and three, and I thought nine and three would be a, an absolute great year. Eight yeah. and four, you know, I just kind of in that area. I definitely thought we could get, you know, the seven and a half number you talked about. Definitely thought the, the eight wins was definitely doable. So. To come out ten and two, like like I've said, it, I just thought it was a great. It's a, definitely a building block, for, like you said, for for the type of class they're putting together in the portal and in the high school signing day class. I mean, uh, like I said, there's a new expectation of, of Ole Miss football, and it's it's exciting time to be a part of it. Yeah, hearing listen to Walker Jones, who's of course the uh, the chair of the Grove Collective, on a number of different podcasts and radio interviews. Chris, it feels like this year that Lane Kiffin, the team itself, and the Grove Collective are going all in for 2024. I agree, and I think that's been on their mind for the last year or two with the 12-team yeah. playoff. You know, that is uh, – it's definitely – 12-team playoff changes a, lot, changes a lot. And I think the thing that's probably – from the from the collective side of things, I think a lot of credit. Obviously, you know the job Walker's doing, raising the money, uh, the job Lane's doing, and recruiting and even attracting these kids. That's something that probably could not have been done in the past, and he has definitely brought that energy to this program. But also, I think Keith, you know, and his staff deserve a lot of credit on just the way that you know some teams didn't embrace the collective or NIL era like Ole Miss did. You know, we didn't make the rules. I mean. But I think they are you know, pushing the envelope to to embrace it, so to speak. And you know, just from I mean, just from a at a ball game experience to see collective, you know, commercials on the scoreboard and things like that, where some other schools may not be pushing it as hard. I just think I think a lot of credit goes to the you know to Keith and his staff and just the whole university for getting behind this and. Playing by the rules. Yeah, I mean, you know, Walker pointed out, he says, between the Athletic Foundation, the Athletics Office, the Collective, and the Manning Center Office, everybody in the Manning Center, everyone's kind of rowing the boat in the same direction. And if you can do that, anything is possible. And I think in order to continue that momentum, you need to beat a really good Penn State team. Penn State comes in at 10-2, and a conference record of 7-2, and and to no surprise, their two losses, you guessed it. Michigan and Ohio State played Michigan really well, lost twenty-four to fifteen, and then played Ohio State pretty close too, uh, twenty to twelve. So this is a Penn State team that's going to have a really good defense right now. Chris, we know one of the all-star linebackers are out, and we know the defensive coordinator Manny Diaz is is leaving as well. Um, I haven't done a lot of looking at Penn State. I watched them a little bit. I did watch that thirty-one to nothing win over Iowa. 
and um, you know, definitely a pretty good defense and, and a pretty solid offense too. Oh, no doubt. And like I said, it's uh, it should be a really good football game. I'm, I'm excited to go. Uh, my wife and I will definitely be there. It'll be an exciting time for for Ole Miss. A chance to get to 11 wins. Um, again, it's all on table for us. And I, I agree with you. I do think it's a, it's not just a normal bowl game to where hey results don't matter it just it's a reward i think this is i think this team is building on something for next year i think it showed from you know the kids that are have decided to come back they have one year of eligibility left i mean they're they're wanting to run it back and so i I think it's a building another building block for this program leading into next year and you look at a team like a penn state and and i'd be curious to to know this i asked uh lane kiffin and keith carter this question they were both pretty surprised do you remember when you heard that Ole Miss was getting the Peach Bowl? Yes. Were you surprised? Yes, but I guess just from a social media standpoint, yeah. you, you heard Cotton Bowl or Citrus. Yeah. But uh, I was a little surprised. But I think from a um, – and only because of just what you read on social media. It's a great bowl game, and it's a great matchup. And I think – I don't know. I don't think it could have played out any better for us. I, you know, I don't either, and and it, I was blown away. Uh, I I actually received a text from a friend of mine that said Peach Bowl, Penn State, and I was driving, so um, I asked my wife to re- respond. Are you kidding, or or is this real? Because nothing I had heard, nothing was about the Peach Bowl. Everything was citrus in Iowa, a little bit of cotton in Texas. I knew if Ole Miss went cotton Texas, they would send forty thousand people to Dallas. And um, and I felt like if Ole Miss went to Citrus, it wouldn't be as many, but it would still be a good crowd because you can go and, and especially if you have small children, you could go to Disney and kind of make a vacation out of it. But I'd never really entertained the thought of the Peach Bowl. Now that obviously it's here, I'm really excited about it because I've never seen Penn State in person. Uh, I, I'm excited to see them, and um, I think it's going to set up really well. I've talked to a ton of Ole Miss people that are going. Uh, I think it's going to be a huge crowd. I think Ole Miss has already sold out of the allotment of 13,000 tickets, but there'll be so many people buying on the secondary market. They'll flood the city of Atlanta. I think Ole Miss fans just hope it's a better game than the the 14 game against TCU. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I remember that as well. Yeah. We had a chance to visit with uh, Gary Stoken here on the podcast, and we also met with him on Monday whenever he came and, and said hello and, and, and formally invited Ole Miss to the Peach Bowl. He invited Keith Carter along with – Lane Kiffin in uh, in front of the media, and they had their whole uh, allotment of Peach Bowl reps there, and it was nice to get to say hello. I don't know, Chris, did you see the video on social channels of when the announcement was made? Did Did you see that whenever the the the, uh, the collective body of the Peach Bowl executive committee went to an uproar when they said Ole Miss? I did, I did, and I think they know. I mean, Ole yeah. Miss travel. And I think, um, I think, like you said, I just think it's a really good fit. I think Keith, Keith even said it, you know, in, in that press conference that, I mean, it couldn't be a better city for us, you know, from a bowl game standpoint, and probably just in correlation to our fans and where, you know, driving distance. So I, I, I expect it to be a good showing for Ole Miss in, in Atlanta. Yeah, I thought it may have been a setup. And there's like, hey, let's just, just make a big deal out of it. We already know. They didn't know. Uh, Sto- Gary Stokey told me, he says, Brad, we, we honestly, we, we did not know. And so we were, we were really wanted Ole Miss really bad. And when they popped up, we were so excited. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Chris, I know you, you and your family are going over uh, a kickoff on ESPN 
That's happening on uh, Saturday at 11 a.m. It's going to be an early kick, so a lot of folks can actually come home after the game. Got to be a lot happening beforehand. You can get a lot of that information right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. We'll have a representative from the Alumni Association coming up soon. We'll also have a representative from the Peach Bowl that will come on and tell us about some events in the city of Atlanta. The main thing, Chris, there's going to be a huge pep rally at the uh, the aquarium, on the steps of the aquarium. That's going to happen on that Friday night. I think at 6 o'clock, there's a ton of alumni association events along with some different parties and that sort of thing. It's just going to be a lot of fun, and, and Ole Miss is – uh, pretty much uh, rewarded for a great season at 10-2 and two and just, just had a really good year under Lane Kiffin. And before we let you go, Chris, I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, give me three game balls that you want to give out to either offense or defense or special teams on this Ole Miss football team after winning 10 games and a chance to win 11. But who are getting your three game balls uh, for wonderful seasons and why are they getting them? Wow, that is putting me on the spot. Uh you know, I I really think from an offensive standpoint, um, you know, you, obviously Jackson Dart and, and the job he's done as well. Yeah. I mean, he had a here. I think uh, I think the LSU game was kind of the game where he uh, uh, he, he played exceptional. He's all you can say. He he, he went stride for stride with uh, the Heisman Trophy winner, and we had a great win. Um, there's no doubt that um, you know we're set up nicely at that position with, you know, hopefully with him coming back and a guy like, you know, Walker Howard sitting around for a couple of years. I mean, so I'm excited about that moving forward defensively. I mean, really a game ball. I mean, I just think the addition of Pete Golding has been huge. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I hate to give him to a coach, but I think just, the I, I, I agree, man. I agree. He's been I mean, huge. Yeah, he's been huge for. I mean, just for you can just tell the guys are um, are playing differently than they have in the past. And as we continue to, I mean, with a couple of the pieces coming back, and I mean, you got a guy like Perkins that's another year under his belt. I mean, just the flashes that he, you know, that he showed on the field. I mean, I really think we're setting up nicely next year for a really good defensive year. And special teams. I mean, the, I mean, the field kicker. I mean, he. I mean, he had a really I mean, he made some really big kicks this year. Uh, I think um, just across the board, um, we don't punt a whole lot, so it's hard. The punter probably doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Somebody who doesn't get the punt at, at Oxford. But, uh, you know, I just think those – I mean, obviously, it's not fair to take away what anybody else has done. But, I mean, you put me on the spot with three. Those are the guys I'd go with. Yes, no doubt. Caden Davis had a huge year, the transfer from Texas A&M. And uh, made some really big kicks this year. In fact, we thought – and uh, Caden Costa actually kicked that kick in the Egg Bowl, and I asked Lane about that. They were going to run a fake. And pre-scoring lined up wrong, and so they went ahead and kicked it. And I'm <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Lane was like, my goodness, I put in some brand-new kicker to kick a huge field goal from 42 yards out. But he made it, and um, everybody came out smelling like a rose. But, yeah, no, those are three great ones. And you talk about Pete Golding. We're waiting anxiously every day on social – for a shark emoji. That's that's where we're at in college football because we know that Ole Miss has landed to either a transfer portal recruit or a high school recruit. And uh, recruiting is going really well. The Mississippi-Alabama game, Chris, I know you know that game really well. Uh, it's going on. Practices are this week. And uh, a lot more Ole Miss flavor on both rosters than it has been in a long, long time. Yeah, there's no doubt. They're in, uh, actually, you know, I live in Hattiesburg and they're playing here 
uh, Saturday. So I may ride over and, and watch that Saturday. At, at, I think they kick off at noon. So you're right. I mean, Ole Miss is definitely a player uh, in, on the recruiting trails with everyone. Um, excited about the class that we're putting together. Excited about, I mean, this defensive line class that we're putting together is, is pretty special. And then again, the portal class that's, um, you know, that we're anxiously all watching on social media to see what drops next. Um, it's setting up for a pretty special year next year. He's former All-SEC tight end and, of course, played for the NFL's Carolina Panthers. Chris Mangum joining us here on the Believe in His podcast. Chris, I, I told you off air, and I'll tell you now, for everyone listening, I've received probably more feedback with you coming on than anybody. I think, number one, being a former Rebel, everybody really appreciates your, uh, your uh, input into this particular team, very successful team. And number two, uh, you watch the game with a different eye than we do, and I think that's really cool for you to come on, and, and we really appreciate it. Man, anytime, Brad. Thank you for having me. Enjoy the game over in uh, over in Atlanta. It's Ole Miss and Penn State in the Peach Bowl. He's Chris Mangum. I'm Brad Logan. We'll talk to you soon right here on the Believe on His podcast, part of the Believe Network. Listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at Brad Logan COTE and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.